Welcome back to the podcast. This is Mel. We are thrilled to announce that the Multiple Podcast, your very own podcast, has been awarded the Diaspora Podcast of the Year by the Association of African Podcasters and Voice Artists. We truly extend our heartfelt thanks to our incredible listeners and the amazing guests and everyone who voted because you've contributed to this success that we're celebrating today. So join us as we celebrate this remarkable achievement and reflect on our journey together. Additionally, for this episode, I'm super honored to feature a Pan-African conversation with two amazing podcasters from Zambia. They are in different parts of the world, one living in Denmark, the other one um, living in Canada. And in this episode, we explore their stories, their achievements and perspectives that unite the African diaspora. This episode is a celebration of African excellence and the power of storytelling, highlighting the vibrant and diverse communities across the world. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey, and here's to many more inspiring ex- episodes to come. Yoromoro Kamsahamida. In many ways, we thank you all. Now enjoy the show. All right. Today I have two gentlemen whose story I cannot wait to explore, and it's not more like their story as much as our story. You know, the one commonality which you come to find out soon is we're all Africans and we grew up in different parts of Africa, right? And so today on the podcast, I have Sui and I have Malimba and I'm going to have them introduce themselves, starting with Sui. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Sui. Um, I describe myself as a literary artist and a musical poet I'm based in Osaka, Zambia right now. And um, yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy to be here. Excited. I was born and raised in Osaka. I uh, went to school overseas, and now I'm back now adjusting to this life. So it's going to be interesting to kind of reflect on some of my experiences. Okay, I guess I can go next. Yes, please, Malimba, yes. Yeah, um, hey everyone. First of all, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, thank you so much, Mo, for uh, inviting us to be on your platform. Um, so yes, my name is Malimba. I am 24 years old with no kids. <laughs> I, I i always say that like it's my biggest achievement <laughs> hey you never know <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah so um, i was i wasn't born in in lusaka uh zambia i was born in Sulawesi, zambia but i moved to lusaka quite young so i've grown up in lusaka my whole life i could say i'm i'm from lusaka but when I was 20 years old, um, no, when I was 19, I moved to Denmark uh, to pursue my uh, bachelor's degree education, which I graduated from uh, five months ago. Congrats. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, and now, um, yeah, I'm just focusing on the Village ZM podcast, which I run with Sui and a few other yes. amazing people. And yeah. also, I... Um, I I'm running a, another business with my 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 very good friend who lives here. But uh, we run a business back home in Zambia, where we distribute alcohol. I don't know if that's allowed to say on the podcast. It's okay. Is it the Afro Premium distributors? Yes. Oh yeah. So, yes. So yeah. So yeah. That's that's pretty much what I've been doing, and also just uh, you know trying to see what other dr- dream uh, I'll have that I want to pursue and just, you know, I feel like I'm in a good position to just 
you know, think of something and just try and run after it. You know, that's the beauty of being young. But yeah, that's pretty much me. Look at all this privilege and not even having kids. Look at you. <laughs> I'm so jealous already. <laughs> and let's just give a shout out to um, Paul Break Peeps, um, Nosa, and then definitely to Walusungu for making this collaboration happen. I cannot thank them enough for you know this opportunity to explore our stories together. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I'm very grateful that Lusungu put us in touch with, with you and everything, you know, so... Yeah. yeah, I've known him for many years, oh, almost nice. three years. We, we we were we were classmates in first grade, and we were also classmates in fourth grade. So, I've known him since we were kids. Wow, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's that's good. Um, and I find that quite good to hear because one thing that we begin to see that as men tend to grow older, they have fewer friendships. And there's this epidemic of lonely men in their 40s. I don't know if you saw the um, New York Times article that came out, I think, about two years ago. No, so, I, I, I haven't seen that. And that's a very interesting point. And that's, that's, that's actually very true in comparison to women because, interestingly uh-huh. enough, um, my mom and Sui's mom went to high school together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still good friends, right? Yeah, they're still very good friends. Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. So, yeah, that just shows you. Yeah. So, I think we can just start by contrasting our experiences living in. So, I grew up in Nigeria, and I know both of you grew up in Zambia. And if I recall, you both grew up in different pl- parts of Zambia, right? No, we grew up in the same part in the of same, Zambia. Okay, but I think one of, one of you moved to another place you know, shortly after. No, um, okay. just to go back, I I was born in another in, a, in another place, but I moved to Lusaka. I moved to Lusaka when I was four years old. Okay, okay. So you just grew up in Lusaka. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to Zambia. You know, I do have a lot of friends from Zambia, and I know um, you. I don't know. They just this. You have this calmness about you, unlike Nigerians. I've said it many times on the podcast. We were very loud. I know that. You know, and. It's, it's such a space that I think it's humbling to realize that when I'm in the space with other Africans, I should learn to just listen more than talk because being Nigerian, you're already announcing yourself. But I do appreciate just the calmness, but also the Africa to me is, is such a so, more super diverse, but there's so many parts of it that I, as an, as a Nigerian, I'm yet to explore and I'm thankful for mediums just like um, pod, podcasts where you can explore different stories. But I'm curious to know, casting your mind back to your childhood, what are some memories that stand out for you? Yeah, um, so I think, I I think for me, the most, the most, the most, um, Awesome thing about growing growing up in Zambia is, um, I don't know. We are we are we are very fond of each other, and I think that's that's one thing that I really like and everything. I mean, it's got its downsides because um, it comes with a bit of passive aggressiveness, but we are just generally very accommodating people. 
And, um, you know, for a long time, you know, when I moved abroad, I, you know, I used to try and take that away from myself, you know, just try and like get that out of my system and try and, you know, be a, a bit more upfront about stuff and whatnot, which, which is good. But at the same time, this, I still try and accommodate people as much as possible, even though I stand up for myself. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's, it, it just means we have a lot of love to give. Um, yeah, I think for me, that's, that's going to be my opening remark, really. And that's interesting to know, because I feel like Nigerians are similar in that regard as well. You know, how very accommodating and maybe not as into ourselves. We're kind of into ourselves when we're with other people, you know what I mean? Because we just like to dominate and be out there. But definitely the hospitality thing kind of reminds me of just what it's like to be a Nigerian. We're very, you know, large hearted and very accommodating and hospitable. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. But I'm also curious to hear from you. Oh, you, you met me? So we sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me, uh, I can talk more about like some specific memories. Um, I, I grew, I went to primary school in Lusaka and then I went off to boarding school for secondary school. Um, so it was like, uh, being out of the city, being in this very uh, routine environment for most of the time without as much freedom. But one of the interesting things is just like the nature of interactions that I have with people. Because uh, like regardless of where you're from in the country or whatever, you find people who you have common interests with and you're like, okay, sure. yeah, these are my friends. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a certain, there's a certain openness that Zambians don't always acknowledge um, about how we interact with each other. It's like, before you know my name or whatever, if we have a common interest, then we just click. If it's whether it's playing football, people who like to go out to party and and all these other activities, it's, so it, it really touches on this like inherent uh, friendliness and this inclination to just try to build communities anywhere and everywhere. And, um, and I find that really interesting. And and just I mean, I, I, there's like a million different stories. Uh, over the well, years yeah, that I can yeah. like, talk about, but this is just like the common thread. So that's something that really uh, has stuck with me. Obviously, yeah. it's not like a specific memory. Well, yeah, yeah. The lesson of many memories, I suppose. You know, Sui makes a good point there. Hey? Yeah. Um, just to touch on what he said, Z- Zambians are more introverted than they, I mean, they're more extroverted than they think they are. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they're more extroverted than they think they are. They're like, oh, even the ones who say that they keep to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> in a social setting and they are comfortable, they they really get to show themselves and they, they really bring out that side of themselves. And whatnot. Of course, mm. you have a few incidents where people are not as outspoken. But for the most part, you know, I've, I've seen people who have really, really thrived. So I don't know. We are We are very much people... You know, like we 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 love people and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Like you said, the, the contrast is different. The interactions are different depending on your interests. But wherever your interests are, like the majority of people's interests have to do with community. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I I think I have I have to agree with you about 
the Zambians around me, yes, they, they seem quiet, but then in that proximity of friendship and relationship, they're so very, they come off as extroverted, you're right. Because I, I, when you see them for the first time, they don't talk as much. But when they connect with you, oh my gosh, like they really go deep. So shout out to, you know, Nancy and um, my other friends as well who are from Zambia. But I'm curious to know, what has it been like for you guys interacting with Nigerians? And what are your global impressions about Nigeria? And trust me, nothing you say hasn't been said before on this podcast or otherwise. So feel free to take it home. <laughs> let me give you some examples my Ghanaian friend said Nigerians are like lions you know approach them um, they're like lions but approach them but approach them you know carefully and then um, the ones that were like the Chinese of uh, of Africa you know was so was so loud and out there I mean there's, it's just being said in good jest that kind of makes me laugh as a Nigerian because all those things are true you know that's who we are we're a very vibration yeah. group yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I, I totally hear you. Um, interestingly enough, I guess I'll start by saying that uh, my housemate, who's like in the apartment I live in, I share, an, I, I rent an apartment with with two guys. One is from Uganda, and the other one's from Nigeria. Nice. So I do live with a Nigerian, and um, I don't know. Um, in Denmark, it's very, it's very. Um, it's a very keep to yourself kind of environment and everything. So even though we stay in the same place, like we all respect each other's space. But when you actually hear him in the room talking on the phone, <laughs> you, you hear the real him. You think he's quarreling with the person on I'm the phone like, right now? Yep. I'm not loud. I'm just Nigerian. And you know what? In the beginning, I was, I was, I was, I was a bit scared. I'm like, you know, I used to think maybe I've done something wrong. And that's why he was, that's why he was But I, I kind of got used to that. Also, I've been, I grew up around a lot of Nigerians because my mother, she goes to a Nigerian church. In Ooh. It's, uh, in Zambia? It's, yeah. What, what's the name of church? Is it Redeemed Christian Church or what's the name? No, no. Very close. Close enough. I'll let you guess. MFM? No. Rina's Chapel? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh. So nice. I, yeah, so we we grew up around a lot of Nigerians. It's reduced a bit these days, but um, it's it's the number of Nigerians that the church has significantly reduced. But I still I'm very in touch with a lot of them. I was actually talking to one of them a few days ago. Her name is Tori She She's a very good childhood friend of mine. Nice. Very you know very amazing people and everything. So you know, and I think what's very interesting is because. Um, you know, my my mom, even when my, my dad, he passed away some years ago. I'm so sorry to hear. Yeah, um, many years ago. But even when he was alive, um, both of my parents have, they, they were always in church leadership. So we always um, found ourselves very close to whichever pastor would come from Nigeria to be the uh... pastor. So we'd come home to their place. And, you know, one thing for sure is that they would always, always, always offer food. They won't offer you snacks. They'll no. offer you like a full meal. You full know? meal, yes. Full meal, yes. With, uh, with the obono soup and the... Yes, all the fries. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I'm, I'm more of a fan of like Eba and Gary than... Wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> Those are the good stuff there too, yeah. 
Zambia, we eat a lot of stuff with our hands and everything. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, from that experience, I did learn a lot and everything. But also, one person who, like, that was just a small part of the experience. Because, obviously, when they're in Zambia, they kind of assimilate a bit. Yeah, start eating yeah, different foods and all that. Yeah. Also, the thing is, when my mom would actually go to Nigeria, because every year, um, Winners Chapel, they have a conference in December. Yeah. And would go to Nigeria for that. That's when she would like, have the full experience because you are around so many Nigerians who are very different from each other, have very different backgrounds, and she would meet all kinds of people. And she would tell me all kinds of stories, you know, about some people who, if you bump into them, it would be very calm, like, oh, sorry, and move on. And others, oh my god, you know, it yeah. Has, yeah. So it's it's it, people are different at the end of the day. I don't I don't yeah. think I can put Nigerians in a box really. In a box, that's it. There's no box. We don't exist in a box. Yeah. It's like Shodiga's cat, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but I think I think my my last my last point on this part is just the fact that um just like many just like all other West Africans. Um, I think you're very honest people and very direct and straight up and I very much respect that about you guys um, thank you thank you for saying learned, that I, I probably learned that from, 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 from West Africans yes 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 so. and the phone call thing trust me it's everywhere like my daughter sometimes just bust out of the room whenever I'm on a call mommy mom I'm like it's fine we're just having a conversation my Korean friends would think I'm having a fight with someone over the phone because we're just, you know, I don't know, very animated over the phone, you know. But I think we all need to go do our hearing tests. I think half of Nigerians are probably losing hearing functionality because we listen to loud <laughs> music and we talk so loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I'm curious to know about your own experience with Nigerians. Also, my experience. It's actually interesting. I made a few uh, Nigerian friends at uni. Uh, and one thing that like literally all of them had in common is that they're focused extremely focused people and I have a lot of respect for that because one time I remember um, we were talking about um, the, basically there was this event that they put together that was centered around like the future of Africa youth and stuff like that and it was open to like everyone whatever most of the people there were Nigerian. The conversations that we're having were just so inspiring because you can sort of tell when people are focused and it's amplified when there's like a group of people who are focused. And it's just inspiring, just like the level of focus. Obviously, like not everyone is the same. People are different. Yeah, different. Yeah. But I, I, I can't say that I've had like a negative um experience with someone from Nigeria. I mean, people talk about all these experiences that they've had, but personally for me, it's just been inspiring stories of people doing like such great things, whether it's back at home for them, like in Nigeria itself or overseas. It's just like crazy focus and and just getting goals left, right and center. Um, so yeah, that's really my experience. Um, super cool people. and Yeah, just I don't know. I don't think I can add more to that. Thank you. Thank you. That's that was actually quite nice to hear from both of you. When I moved 
moved to the U.S., one of the things I quickly learned was the history of my country, <laughs> especially how it was being told by other people. And sometimes they weren't always the positive kind of news. And so I grew up very curious. I was that child who loved reading encyclopedias and reading about different cultures of the world. So coming to the U.S. was almost like a dream come true. Now I get to put into practice things I had read in books about cultures, about different people. But that enthusiasm was also dampened by just what some, I would say, people who had limited scope of knowledge would say about my country. And I almost became like an unpaid ambassador overnight. And I think one thing that came out of that was me learning about global history and also learning about um, people, are, like more about, you know, um, current history about other people and other countries. And I adopted this um, slogan, which I didn't come up with, like, countries are countries, people are people, you know. But I'm curious to know, whenever, I know both of you have been out of the country, you know, I know we both went to study and I know um, Malimba stayed in Denmark for a while. Um, when you moved to those parts where you went away from um, Zambia for a while, what was your relationship with Zambia like? And for the people you encountered who were not from Zambia in your now new countries, what were their impressions about your country? And did it match up with, you know, your perception? Uh, they said we drink a lot. Is that true? <laughs> Is that true overall? I mean, um, any different than Europeans, you know? <laughs> no, I think I, I think Zambians drink quite a lot. And, um, but you know what? It's not even about that. It's about we, we, we do like to like have fun and, you know, have a good time and be around people. Um, yeah. I guess that's 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 really what it is and everything. Um, but otherwise, um, I think the first thing I'll say is that, especially here in Denmark, but generally, um, Southern Africans don't. They rare like majority of them stay back home. Not a lot of them actually do travel out, especially in Zambia. We a lot of Zambians actually don't leave the country and everything. So hmm. only a small percentage. It's growing by the day, but only a small percentage of Zambians actually manage to to leave, to leave uh, Zambia or actually choose to leave Zambia because a lot of them are very, very comfortable. You know, I, I have a lot of friends who, when I talk to them, they're like, "Ish, I can never live outside Zambia." <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, but um, because of that, it's like a lot of people learned about Zambia from me. And we're introduced to their I'm the proud I'm the first Zambian they knew and you know all of that. So it's it's been a whole different um experience uh for them and everything. And I think the only other example that they may have of a Zambian is there's this lady, she, they don't even know she's Zambian, most people, because she oh. she's the she's the president of Black Lives Matter in Denmark. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> So, so, so she represents a lot of people. So it's only when people hear from me, they're like, "Oh, I didn't even know she was Zambian," you know, kind of thing. But otherwise, yeah. a lot of people don't really know much about that and everything. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we are not really known that much out there. It's increasing by the day because a lot of people are doing great things um, outside the country, within the country, and I think. Because of that, it's it's improving. But generally, I don't think we have enough Zambians to actually. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That makes sense because Nigerians are one the most populous black nation and we travel in droves, you know, outside of Nigeria. But I'm curious, you know, Sui, what about you? What country were you at if you had liberty to say and was it similar to what Namalimba just said? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I was in Canada and it was interesting because for me, most of the people, like probably like 99% of the people I interacted with didn't know where Zambia was. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I remember... Africa is a continent. You probably have to begin with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the number of times I've had to open my map to show people where Zambia is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, the few people that I did interact with talked about it was it's such like a wide range of perceptions. Um, I had this one classmate of mine saying, "Oh, you guys grow coffee," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we do," because <laughs> uh, because there's uh, apparently there's Zambian coffee in Starbucks. Um, it's kind of which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. A few other people will talk about the success of our football team in 2012. Um, in 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 some of the more recent years, they've talked about you know popular musicians that 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 are born in Zambia, like Sampa the Great, and um, and a, a band from the 70s called Witch, and and things like that. So it's kind of just like positive, yeah, it's positive vibes usually. But most of it is just okay. A certain like curiosity, like okay, where is that? What foods do y'all like to eat? What languages do you speak? And and things like that. Okay, so just the curiosity, almost like from the foundational knowledge of even knowing where Zambia was. So you still have many many years and many. You need the sample size to kind of like expand on that yeah. conversation. Ah, uh, probably that was Nigeria, maybe like eighty years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness i'm a bit jealous so there's something malimba said earlier on that i want to tag on um nigeria is such a um, unique place in the sense that we have the numbers right um and one of the things we're seeing now is the big drain big brain drain where due to some push and pull factors highly skilled workers healthcare workers engineering um it leaving the country in droves and seeking greener pastures in more comfortable places like, you know, in Europe, in the U.S. and in Canada, Australia, just to name a few. But when you talked about how Zambians tend to stay at home um, more, um, in looking at your economy, you've, you're definitely, it's one of the fastest growing economies in Africa. But I imagine that it wasn't always that way. Um is it that most Zambians just are very comfortable or is it that it's quite hard to leave the country? For, so, so those that probably want to leave and seek greener pastures, um, it's not easy for them. I'm just curious to know, why is it that you have most Zambians staying back home? Is it that conducive to stay back home? Um, uh, sorry, let me just step in here. Uh, okay. It's, it's, I, I kind of disagree with him in saying that everyone is comfortable. I think it just happens in waves. Um, generally, we've had like a we've had like a stable, you know, situation for the most part. We haven't had any threat of war or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. economy, it, you know, economy is it tanked. It tanked sometime in twenty twenty one. I mean, COVID I really did so. that to many countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think part of it also is just the historical context has a huge bearing because mm-hmm. a lot of people that finished school in the nineties ended up going overseas for education. And 
a few of them came back others didn't uh, they were on government scholarships and then we had this period where our economy was kind of recovering and so you have intermittently people going out and stuff like that the usual brain drain and then maybe the last 10 15 years we've had people primarily going for education in the east so they'll go to like uh-huh. europe russia mm. ukraine we know yeah. what's happening over there so people naturally come back a lot of people in zambia today are educated in china yes yes and so you know they go over to china and then they're like okay what are the opportunities for me to stay here not many i'm just going to go back home so it you know i feel like i feel like it happens in waves and and it's very difficult to know for sure we also do have like a brain drain uh, problem uh, certainly because we have like a lot of you know super smart people who are just looking for better opportunities for themselves and stuff like that so it's it's kind of hard to like say for sure for sure but i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let my I'll add, add on Yeah, okay. actually, Thank you for that story, by the way. I was, yeah. I, was, I was going to say that the biggest proponent that actually makes people stay in Zambia is peace. Um, like like, like Sui said, we haven't really experienced any degree oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to it, it's been fairly stable in terms of, yeah, you know. But um, I think I think Sui does also make a good point that a lot of Zambians end up going to countries where they don't really um a lot of the zambians who we see going back are people who end up going to countries where it's very hard for you to settle long term like in the east and everything because of just the fact that you know they don't they don't really have from from my research they don't really find themselves with conditions that allow them to look for a job afterwards and also during their education so it's like for them a lot of them are just primarily there for education Whereas, like most of us on the west and most people who are on the west i won't i won't speak for myself because who knows maybe i'll feel like going back soon but most people have you know i've interacted with on the west whether it's in europe or the americas or usa to be in particular yeah. um a lot of them end up staying um because um because i think they a lot of them find a way of like staying longer and everything and whatnot and it makes a bit more sense for a lot of them to stay um yeah i think i think that's 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 the way i i have seen it and that's not that everyone stays or it's easy for everyone to stay just in comparison with the east yeah it's easier, yeah it's easier for them to, and that's what the main brain drain actually majority of the brain drain from zambia is from the west uh, i'll put it plainly as that The West, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's from the West, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The brightest minds and everything. We have professors, intellectuals, trailblazers yeah. who just don't want to come back home. Some people, yep. because the world needs them more than Zambia does, but it's not always like that. I think a lot of them actually would make a really big impact, but they also look at the opportunity cost of staying back or living yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah so that's so true and I, another sister way of looking at this which i tend not to dwell too much on it because i don't think it's a very helpful way is it's almost like reverse colonization but this time we're the ones hopping on those flights ourselves and because i know for example who had to put nigeria on a red um alert um to stop the uk from poaching our healthcare workers because if all the doctors were to go back to nigeria and start working back we still don't have enough doctors to um, 
patient ratio as um, recommended by WHO. And with the brain drain happening, there's a strong and huge deficit of healthcare workers back home. And that brain drain is happening per second as we speak, you know. But hey, um, unless we address the reasons why people leave, because at the end of the day, you just have to take care of yourself, you know, and your family, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the toughest part because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, like, you want to serve your country, but then if you have a family to sustain and everything and whatnot, or if you have people who are depending on you back home, um, I, th- I think that's the thing. Like, I think the, the reason why it's so difficult to make that decision is because more often than not, it's bigger than you as an individual and you have okay. you know so it really just depends depends on um the purpose you 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 feel like is 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 the most important at that particular time and and like i said the opportunity costs you know at the end That's of the thing you know i feel like you know in an ideal world we all want to be closest to the people who we care about and love and you know but you know a lot of things come to play and everything and um, mm. yeah but you know I, I do I, I do envy the people who are brave enough to just say you know what like I'm going back I'm going back yeah you know so and you know honestly I hope that will be me I don't know when um, but so I, you're going back right now it's not permanent it's just temporary sorry I know you're currently back in Zambia correct no I'm not Oh, you're still back. You're still away from home. Yes. Oh wow, 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 wow. I'm I'm homesick every day. I I, I went uh, home last last um last year and yeah. I'm I'm still not over it. I feel like it's 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 mentally put me in a place where now I'm like I'm undecided as to what I, I'm um, in that space now. And that's the thing. Like I said, I don't have any kids, so it makes <laughs> a lot more fifty fifty. You know, but but wait, you have a business back home, right? So yeah. how are you how are you shortening those two? You know, because hey, I know one of the toughest thing being an entrepreneur is once you're away from your home country, it's hard sometimes to run because you might not have the right people running it. If you put it in the hands of family, some might not be very you know honest enough to run it, or they might run into the ground. So how are you combining being far away from home, but at the same time? making your business, you know, grow and yield all the right things you want it to do? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think um, the most important thing is you have to make it as easy as possible for you to be able to yeah. go on with your life over here and um, wherever you are and also be able to run your business effectively back home. So it does... You So the, there are two things you can do. You can either be in a position where whatever you're doing overseas is in a way that you're flexible enough to travel back and forth or you find a credible um, third party to to handle the, those things for you and yeah. rely on that. So our business is fairly, you know, just starting. Yeah. And everything, yeah. So. Yeah. But still, hey, that's yeah. really the best time to actually... Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there and everything. So, yeah. For, as for trusting and everything, I have a lot of people who I trust, um, who I've, I've built trust with friends and family, but it's like the people who I trust don't have time. Um, so, 
so that makes it fairly hard. I don't know where Sui has gone. But yeah, oh, yeah we lost him. Sorry, I was gonna say we lost him briefly. Yeah, so 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 yeah, but um yeah, honestly I feel like you know, like business is something that I never really had an interest in. Um until um towards the end of my 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 bachelor's degree education when I realized that I don't really have interest in buying land like everyone else. Mm. For me, like I need to find a way of like finding something I'm actually interested in, you know, because you know the land thing. I'm I'm not the type of person who's gonna do something just because everyone's doing. Everyone is doing it, yeah. yeah. You know, if you know, if, and that's the thing. We had something called the Zambian dream. What is the Zambian dream? Tell me. Tell. <laughs> so the Zambian dream is get an education, get married, right. have kids, have three or four kids. Three or four in this yeah. economy. Yeah, <laughs> have three or four kids by okay. a um, and have a, a Hilux. A what? A Toyota Hilux. Like oh, a, Hilux is that a dream for you guys? Yeah. I know the brand. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you have to have a pickup. What That's color is it? White. <laughs> and when you go to school, you either have to be a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, an accountant. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Those are the those are the top five. <laughs> it's similar to being in Nigeria, except yeah. our young people now they want a white Mercedes Benz S class. I think that's what's you know topping the chart these days. But who knows? It might change tomorrow. But those dreams are similar. You know, every parent wants their child to go study a high paying paying job degree in, um, in the university because most times the children are like their retirement package. And then, you know, get married, have as many kids, and then have a house, and then have a car, and then, you know, um, <laughs> keep the dream yeah. going. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I was just... Uh, I was just Welcome telling, back, sorry. Yeah. I was just telling more about uh, the Zambian the dream. The Zambian dream, yeah. <laughs> what is the Zambian dream? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was saying that the Zambian dream is you go to school, you, you, you get a good job, you have you buy a plot, you build flats, <laughs> you you have a pickup. You have to have a pickup truck. You have to have a, either a Hilux or a Ford or something. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the that's that's the Zambian. Thing. <laughs> that's right. I feel like I feel like that's our our parents' generation Zambian dream. It, it should be called the African dream because it's similar to a Nigerian's parent, Nigerian, Nigerian parents' dreams of their kids for their kids. I promise it's similar, except with the car. The car can be, you know, negligible. We have different. Right now, it's the Mercedes Benz S Class White. Oh, That's what you know. That's <laughs> class Nigeria. You don't do things in half measures, right? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you gotta go all the That's way. That's what that you guys go big. But to what end, though? I think sometimes it's done to the point of my that's just ridiculous, you know. But I get it. We don't and, settle and for guys, this. Go big or go home, or... or go home, and it has its merits and its demerits. The merit is, you know, we occupy spaces. The demerit is when we occupy negative spaces and then we're making news in a bad way, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, because it's the same principle, just different side of the sword. Yeah. Also, to be fair, like if you hear something about Nigerians or some a Nigerian 
did something or anything and stuff, you want like you guys are so many that it's hard to group you guys into one. <laughs> you can just say these are not my Nigerians. These but hold on, you guys have like seven three tribes as well. So you're not like, you know, little in any ways. You you have your numbers still. I mean, admittedly I mean, you're like twenty something million, you can almost fit Lagos. Which is like one of our popular cities. <laughs> it's a small population, but you have many tribes. <laughs> yeah, I guess we yeah, we're a smaller population, many tribes. I think we just um I think the history of Zambia does play a part in that because the reason why we have so many ethnicities is because people came from different parts. Different parts of, of Africa, yeah. Yeah, landlocked too. Yes, some in the yeah. center, you know, very yeah, landlocked. Exactly. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's also another good point. That's another big point. And that's I guess what makes it so even when the when the white man drew those borders you know i know i know were, don't they, even get me started on that different <laughs> interests in different areas where there were different ethnicities yes yes and that's yes. how we found ourselves grouped in the same place and what they wanted to exploit from the land let's talk about that yeah exactly that's yeah 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 so, yeah, yeah. because i know a, you guys produce one of the most like copper reserves we have one of the biggest in the world yeah, the diamonds, of course, you know. Yeah, we we actually did a, a podcast episode on this for Zambia History Month, and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so we went like deep and you know talked about all of that and all the drawing of the borders and yeah, a lot of things. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, are you guys not having more kids like replace the population? As we're talking right now, babies are being born in Nigeria. Why is your birth rate not like accelerating? Like. I'll say compared to Nigeria, you guys are really taking it chill. Do you just have like a declining death rate? What's going on in Zambia? Do we need to send Nigerians your way to like make stuff happen more? No, I, I think I think Zambia's population, I think Zambia has had a steady population growth. We just haven't had like a rapid growth. Because like, I, I mean, there's still people today who are having like 10 kids. It's just that there's also people who have like one. Or One kilo zero, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, it it kind of it kind of counteracts, but also I mean it's the it's also I guess part of the the economy. You know, you need money yeah. to take care of kids. Kids kids cost a lot of money, so <laughs> yeah. So you need yeah. to you need to have like a base of resources to be able to uh to give them like a steady um yeah to get to yeah, give them like, like a, a comfortable yeah, steady life. life. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think we. I mean, just there's many factors. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Actually, Sorry, go ahead. yeah, I've just remembered the conversation that Sue and I had. I don't know if he remembers, but there was a headline where someone, um, some public figure um, had said, he, he was in the headlines saying that uh, Zambians need to have more babies. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's actually a crazy headline and everything. And then Sue actually explained something to me and then it made more sense to me. I don't know. So do you remember what you explained to me? I can't remember what I explained to you, but, <laughs> but... <laughs> what, what was the reception of that um of that message? Were people for it or they were against it? Was it like an opera over it? One thing about Zambians, they won't read the they won't read <laughs> the story. Headline. They will just read the headline. That's Nigerians for you. Mean. That's like Nigerians for you. And then they yes. come attacking so yeah, yeah. but I, th- I think basically what the analytics uh what what the, the analytics shows that our population is growing at a decreasing rate 
So it's growing, but it's growing slower. And that's, that's Mm. basically what's behind that headline of us needing to have more babies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause basically, yeah. So our population is growing still, but it's growing slower than it was in, in the past. You're having more death rate than birth rates. No, no, no. We are we are still having a, More birth a, a higher birth rate. It's just that our birth rate is slower. Oh, so like population it. is growing, but I it's see, growing I slower see. than it's it was growing, growing slower than, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And people are living longer too, you know. Well, yeah, Compared that, that to way back in the day when we were dying from like, you know, a lot of yeah. preventable diseases, right? Yeah, I, I know yeah. what you mean because at one point Zambia is... Uh, Life expectancy was thirty-seven. I don't know if you what? know that. Yeah, How many years was, ago was, was this? This was two thousand and eight. Uh, what? Yeah, it was very low at that point. Wow. But I think it's much higher now. It's probably like sixty or something. Now. Yeah, Let me just yeah, confirm yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Nigeria's. I mean, I mean, as a whole, Africa's um sixty-five, sixty-four. I think um, with females living longer than males. By the way. You know, always, no surprise always. there. Yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. So Zambia <laughs> is sixty-two. Life okay. expectancy is sixty-two. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. average, but as always, I feel like men, men just live longer. <laughs> I mean, sorry, women. No, just they don't. Live well, yeah, because we don't do crazy stuff. <laughs> we, we we keep it easy, and you put the stress on us. But we're more stressed though. We might live longer, but not necessarily healthier because we're still stressed and pissed. At you guys for dying before us. So. Yeah, you know what? You just reminded me of something. Um, last last New Year's Eve, one of my friends in Germany, she was she was at a party, and at the party they they like they went outside, and the guys were on the road, they, and they had put fireworks on the road and stuff, and they were like standing on the road where the fireworks were, while the girls were standing far away, and she took a video of that, and she was like. This is why men die faster than points. Point note exactly what I would say too as well. Um Big let's time. let's let's switch the conversation just a little bit. So for simplification, even though it might be like an oversimplification, um, is it safe to call you guys Gen Z's? You know, being born between nineteen ninety five and twenty twelve? Um, okay, so yeah, Malimba's Gen Z for sure. I consider yeah. myself a Gen Z millennial because I'm. Oh yeah, like the Zillennial. Yeah, the Zillennial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call yeah, them yeah. Zillennial. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, let's I'm, just I'm use Zillennial. <laughs> let's just a broad term to call all of us Zillennial. So I'm a Zillennial. Yeah. You know, so yeah. What I say? Go ahead. Um, no, but Malimba's Gen Z for sure. Malimba's not a Zillennial. I was about to say something until until. You also said that you were a Zillennial more. Oh gonna, yeah, I'm a Zillennial. I was gonna say, I was gonna, you know, t- take a shot at at Sui, but then. But what you say are some of the the things that you're challenged by, you know, by virtue of your generational um, traits, you know. Um, so take, for example, for me, and I think this might be um, similar to um, maybe um, Malimba as well. Growing up, it was analog, right? And then all of a sudden, the internet came. And so my brain, I'm almost like living a dual identity where I've caught up, you know, with a technology, but there's still so much more. But the proliferation of it is just sometimes at the speed of light. And now we're going towards Internet 5.0 
with, you know, hyper intelligence and chat GPT and all that. And I was like, just hold on. I was that child that took pen and paper to school. We had no laptops. We had nothing digital. You know, I, I grew up a little bit with, you know, um, Pac-Man and Nintendo, but then that was just it. But sometimes I find that the speed of the world is just so fast for me. And don't get me wrong. I love technology. I embrace it and I'm challenged by it. But I'm curious, you know, for, for you guys, like, you know, especially considering how you grew up and then the spaces you've occupied in different parts of the world, what are some of the challenges you're experiencing just by being born in your generation? You know, it's, you know, like like Sui said, for me, I'm, you know, I was born in the year 99. So I'm very much, you know, just just about just before the huge boom happened. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's like I just blinked and everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a little glimpse of, you know, the the the, the analog stuff and you know and also, and it's not just in terms of technology, even just with music, you know. I know. <laughs> 2000s R&B, which kind of sounds cool and everything. But then you have all this other stuff that's happening now, which is pretty interesting. And it's like, so for me, it's like, I find myself um, trying to get captured in the moments of how things were back then. Oh, Yeah. I watch a lot. A of lot old of stuff, movies. yeah. yeah. Like just, just before this podcast episode started, I was watching this movie. I think it's called Brown Sugar. The old one? Tadix? Yes, yes Tadix. Oh, I love it. With Sally yeah. Latin, I think. And you yeah. can imagine, that was my first time watching it. Really? Yeah. Oh. So now I have, um, I have to watch <laughs> Baby Boy. I think that's my next one on my list. So I've got a few movies that I want to watch that are like a bit older. I think I'm tired. I'm tired of watching a lot of the new stuff these days. So like, sometimes oh, you have no substance. Yeah. It's yeah, just like, like sex score and like, eh, exactly. What's the story again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, I mean the, the, the nonfiction, the, the, the fiction stuff is really nice. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of the nonfiction, to some extent, but I don't know. A part of me also likes a, f- a few of the new things. Like I watch a lot of reality shows. So, like which one? <laughs> uh, I, uh, right now, my biggest, uh, my my biggest, uh, the one I watch on a regular basis, on a daily basis, is Love Island. So I, I watch, okay, okay, I haven't. I've caught glimpses of that on Netflix, but I have not, you know, sat down to watch it. Love Island. It's not on Netflix. Love Island. Is it? Is it Netflix? Or maybe I'm mixing it up. Oh no, I think Love Island USA is on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the the UK Love Island, I don't think. Oh, the UK one. See, I'm I'm so far behind. I, I yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah. There's that one, and there's a few others. There's this one I I watch about selling houses. Oh, selling sunsets, maybe. Yes. Like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the, the realtors and all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay. I I do watch a lot of that, but I also watch a lot of different. I watch a lot of anime. I watch a lot of. Um, but I also like to watch a lot of old stuff, a lot of old action stuff as well. I watch a lot yeah. of superhero stuff. So it's like I'm I'm in, I, I take everything in. Like I have a lot of me that's an old soul and a lot of me yes. that's a youngster. So And I think it's that part of just trying to connect to simpler times, right? And but when you were in those times, it didn't seem quite simple. You know, this is why we need to be very careful how we romanticize the past. Because way back then it was just like, oh, you know, this is just Messed stuff. So I imagine what we'll be saying 10, 20 years from now, like, 
all these, you know, reality TV shows, are they going to be the good old days? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. How about yeah, you? Sir? I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about because, uh, yeah, it does feel like it was simpler times in some ways, but also, like, in other ways, like, Mm, that was tough like writing notes with a pen and a paper i know <laughs> like filling up all these books and and all that like now you just create a document or whatever that's it and it's just i don't know i feel like part of me has consciously tried to embrace how um the tools that make our livelihood easier uh-huh. and and it's kind of just adapt to survive you know you 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 either adapt or you stay in the past and get left behind. Like at one point, you know, people were like, "Ah, oh, email, no, we should never do this." <laughs> it's a devil's like, handwork. Buster, <laughs> yeah, like Blockbuster thought that Netflix were crazy. Was, like, yes, when they would offer to buy them, they were laughing at them. Who's laughing now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of always try to embrace, you know, the future, even with like AI and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, okay, this is a tool to make our lives easier. Um, I remember recently I had to write, uh, uh, we're doing, I I was, I was attending, I was doing an arts residency, um, for music management and we had to write like our bios and stuff. And I was like, bro, you can literally use chat GPT or whatever other AI tool to help you write this. Just give it prompts. And it's like, I was done mine in five minutes and everyone was like taking longer. And I'm like, guys. These are tools at our disposal. It's the same way that, like, it's like calculators. Connect your, yeah, it's like yeah, like it's like a calculator, basically. Like yeah. you're not gonna start doing long division or anything. You're just gonna type this divided by this and yes. do it quickly. Yes, 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 yes. So it's yes, like yes. you still need to know what you're doing. It's not yep. like it's because you have to give it the prompt and it has to be accurate and you adjust it and you you fine tune yeah. it. I I see AI like my personalized assistant. Like I fine tune it, but I have to put in the inputs for me to get. And yeah. I, there's a lot of back and forth that goes. And I'm training to a point where you know trying to even adapt his behavior to think like me to talk like me. But the danger becomes when you rely on it too much. You know. Yeah. But it's a tool. It's a yeah. tool. Nonetheless, it's a tool. At all. Yeah. Not a replacement for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and so that's how I look at all these things. You know, it's like when you're using internet, you, you're going to use Wi-Fi. If you have 5G, you're going to use it. If you have fiber, you're going to use it. Are you going to try to use dial-up? Like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, you know, so you kind of just have to embrace it and, and yeah. accept, you know. People people won't rent movies anymore, unfortunate. But, like, no. hop on a streaming service and, and, and go do it. Like, uh, you know what? Um, yeah. It just makes me think about one thing that we might not even notice now that has really changed our lives forever. What's that? Um, what we went through the last few years all over the world with the pandemic. Oh, COVID? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like socializing has changed a lot. Yep. Sure. Um, people don't even realize it. Like, your desire to stay home instead has of going to do something has changed. <laughs> In the beginning, it was really like, oh, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. But now, I think everyone does not realize that their desire to socialize has significantly increased. Yes. I I think the flip side of that, though, is that it increases the quality of our social interactions. You know, you won't go out just because. You go out because it means something to you. Yeah. And I love how you put it, but some people see that, oh, we've changed a lot. We don't really get to connect with people. But no, it's helped you prioritize where you want to put your energy, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That's a very good point because then you see that a lot of your friendships are changing, and I think that's that's one of the things I had to like get over very recently. Like just the fact that like I was holding on to a lot of friendships with people that I thought were deeper than they actually are. But then <laughs> it wasn't when you that deep. Think, yeah, it wasn't that deep. <laughs> Like, you even said to think, like, did I really know anything about this person? But it hurts. There's a part of it that you have to mourn because yeah, that exactly. was really hard. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, wow, like, just even thinking about it after Sui said it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you both for answering that. We're kind of winding off now, but I wanted to ask you guys um, this question. Now, I I love being African. I, I mean, it, it's helped me to see the world in different ways. And I think being Nigerian and living in the U.S., I'm grateful for that duality because there's some things I don't readily buy into, right? And because I'm also still as connected as I can be back home, some problems don't face me as much, you know, because I know there are real problems we go through back home. Don't get me wrong, there are problems here in the U.S., but I learned to prioritize what am I going to focus on but I'm curious to know for you, um, by virtue of being Africans, how do you think that has shaped your um, worldview and perspective on various social and cultural issues around you? Um, I'm going to go first. Okay, go, ahead, go um, for it. First of all, like apart from my friends and people who are close to me, I try not to brand myself as a Zambian abroad. Mm. Um, because I feel like, especially like... Um, with the nature of the podcast we have, because the podcast we have is just aimed on informing people back home about what's going uh-huh. on back home. Yeah. But if they feel like we don't care, then there's a problem. So mm. we kind of try and like dump that down and everything. I mean, for a podcast like this, we don't mind because like we're just... Yes, it's a different... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a I different get it. situation. Yeah. But like on our own podcast and everything and stuff, we, we, we very much um, try to like make it feel very very, very homey and stuff. Yeah, also yeah. because of, I think having the podcast gives me this greater sense of responsibility to just keep in touch with what's going on back home and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so for me, like that also helps me a lot, but also having my mom in Zambia and having a lot of family and friends in Zambia and people close to me in Zambia, um, my, you know, my heart kind of bleeds for them and everything. It's very different if, I had, if I had kids here or a family here, it would have been a very different thing because then um, my, a lot of my focus would be on making sure that they are in the right environment. And that kind of would have taken my attention away from back home. Away, yeah. But right now, my heart is definitely more back home than, than, than here. Sometimes I, like, sometimes I actually forget that I'm in Denmark. Because I'm always looking, watching the news or looking at stuff going on in Zambia and stuff. I totally forget that I'm here because I feel like when when I'm I see this place as a place where I have a mission, I have career goals, ambitions, dreams. I focus on that, that get things done, and then move on from there. I'm interested in and just back home. So my mind, in my free time, my mind is back home. Okay. So I, I do, I do, I do appreciate that perspective, and and I loved how you bordered it by the reason why you're, you know, moving that way. So that's 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 nice. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't know, like it, it did change my perspective on a lot of things because 
Um, for context, when I when I moved, I had one Instagram account, and I would literally just post anything there, and everyone would, everyone of my friends would be able to see it, but also people who would, would follow me or not my friends would see it as well. We'll see them, yeah. But then I think after like a few months of being here, I decided to have a private account where I would be more free mm-hmm. posting and like and not have to worry about tailoring content, yeah. Yeah, but also just I just didn't want to give off the wrong impression because for some reason I always knew that a lot of my purpose was to help people back home mm. one way or the other. So I just wanted to, I wanted them to know that I'm just like them. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, to some extent I've ended up doing that. And I guess that's what's made it very hard for me to relate with a lot of Zambians um, yeah. here who might have a different perspective and everything. Perspective, so, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I didn't, most of the Zambian friends I have are actually back home. A lot of my friends here are not actually Zambian. A lot of the Zambian friends I have are back back home and in other countries. So, yeah. That's actually very considerate of you, you know. Yeah, but it's only because, you know, it's, it's, it's in line with my purpose, you get me? So yeah. that's yeah. the way I feel or how I see things. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. How about you, Suri? Do you share the same perspective as Belimba? Uh, I guess for me, the way that I see it, it it's it's sort of shifted my paradigm in a, in a way. Uh, going to school here, secondary school, and then going overseas to Canada and then coming back. It's, I don't know, I, I think of this Kendrick Lamar line. This Kendrick Lamar line where he says, I'm not on the inside looking out. I'm uh, rather I'm not on the outside looking I'm in. Looking in. Yeah. I'm not on the mm-hmm. inside looking out. I'm in the center looking around, and and that's kind of how I feel. I feel like when I was in I like Zambia that. before, mm-hmm. I was you know on the inside. I'm looking out. I'm like, okay, there's so much possibility, and I'm outside and I see all the possibility when I reflect <laughs> back on like where I was at before, and now having experienced both those things, I'm kind of just like in the middle. Center, of everything. yeah, looking around. There's yeah, so that's kind of yeah, it's kind of changed my perspective a lot, and also I guess it's coincided with my own personal growth, uh, where I'm more socially aware, I think, and so I guess the challenge for me is like, okay, what do you do with this social awareness that you've found, this this level of consciousness you've reached, and and that's kind of just what I try to challenge myself to to do every day and, and do something impactful. Thank you. Um, I'm actually done with all of my questions. I don't know if, oh, before we go, we should talk about your platform, The Village. But before we talk about that, I don't know if you're curious to ask me any questions or maybe about the podcast. And then if they are known, let's talk about your platform, The Village, what it's about. And if you're soliciting guests, how can they find you and all that kind of fancy stuff. So yeah, we are at the village that um on every social media platform on earth. Okay, most, not all. Um, <laughs> just the main ones, yeah. And yeah, if you just like message us or something, or even like tweet and at us, we'll definitely see it. What's your podcast um, about? Maybe start with that. Maybe describing what it's about. So okay, so our podcast is um centered on conversations with people. Uh we started out heavy on the political space and now we're kind of expanding into different avenues uh, related to contemporary culture. So we talk to 
different people in the art space just everyday people doing their thing um in zambia or who are you know who are linked to zambia in one way or another um that's kind of yeah that's kind of just our vibe where we usually try to be open-minded and just informative we rarely try to take sides although sometimes you have to it's the cost of doing business um but yeah uh, i think in general we're just a place of community and and we're trying to you know trying to build networks through um an exchange of knowledge whether it's our own knowledge production or just facilitating for the production of other people's uh knowledge um, yeah so yeah that's that's basically it we literally yeah. talked about almost every topic on the podcast really at this point oh really so, like <laughs> we've we reached the point where you know like there's some certain people ask me questions and i'm like we have a podcast episode about it. <laughs> like, I think we we are getting to that point. I don't know if Sui agrees with me, but that's we, rich, though. That's yeah. my goal for my podcast to to have yeah. it be indexed, covered. We've 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 been doing this for about two years now, and I feel like we've, we've, we've oh, really... just in two years, you've covered covered that much base. Yeah, I think so. Wow, that's impressive. It's not even like we've had periods where we even take breaks, but when we actually start producing, we are very. On top of things, yeah. On top of things. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, but but yeah, like Sui said, we're very focused on people and everything and stuff. And I wanted to ask you. Oh. Um. I wanted to ask you three questions. Three questions? Sure, go for it. One, what would you tell your younger self that you know now? (laughs) Um, that's the first one. (laughs) Two. Um. What what were you what were you known for when you were in primary school? Okay. And uh I think lastly what is your favorite thing about podcasting? Okay. The first one, what would I tell myself, uh, my younger self, right that that I know now that I didn't know before? I think it's um just living in the moment. So that thing that so we talked about, um, the Kendrick Lamar quotes about being outside, looking in the inside and all that. I feel like that's really been the... And then now you're in the center looking around. Every phase in my life where I achieved something, I never really sat down to like... like Not like in a way of, you know, I've arrived and let me just rest on my laurels, but really being in the moment. That's one of the things I'm, I struggle with. And so I told myself to, you know, enjoy those little victories because the build was a habit of just gratitude, you know, not just always scheming for what's the next thing we're going to go accomplish or go conquer. And then that no matter what worries I have at the moment, it pales in comparison to the skills and the efficiency I have. And even especially when things don't work out the way I want them to be to work out, that I shouldn't let that like hold me back. I think that's what I would tell myself. And to just, you know, um, not be too hard on myself, you know, and and just enjoy the moment. That's what I would say. As far as primary school, when I was in primary school, there was this movie I watched. I don't know if it, if it ever made, it, made, made its way to Zambia. It was um, Serafina. Did you know about that movie? Yes, Ooh. we did. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I was Serafina. I... I think that was when the fall of justice, I kind of had a bit of a rebel 
um, part of me is uh, like growing up. But Sarafina, when it came out in 1992, I was Sarafina. Like it became so bad, my teacher started calling me Sarafina. I, I I can't remember what we're fighting for, but I took the cuss on my head to like corral the whole school to like fight for a change. I think it was something about our lockers or the way they was was, they was supposed to be positioned. But I re- I, le- I led a rebellious group in school in a kind of cute way. I wasn't like you know turning the um, establishment inside out. But I was I was I was very popular in school and I was vocal and I was also smart and I think I could get away with so many things because the teachers knew that okay she's smart, she's wise. But I think sometimes I did some not so nice not so um, smart things, not so um, nice things, but I just let my intelligence like carry it away. But yeah, that was how I was in in, in, in primary school. Plus I went to a very posh primary school. My parents were first um, generation um, college, um, like college degree holders, and we also didn't have a lot of intergenerational wealth to fall back on. So everything they had, they put into my in my schooling. So that meant, you know, that was it. I had friends who traveled to the US for vacations. I couldn't even leave the country. But guess what? Because I was an avid reader, they would come back from their vacations, and I would help them with their assignments, and they'll give me their books. So that was like a trade that I did. Looking at it now, it's very, very legal because, you know, I was just, I was using my brains, you know, for books. But I read a lot, you know, I, I was a voracious reader and I got to, you know, travel the world. Even though I was still back in Nigeria, then I couldn't leave the country because my parents couldn't afford it. But through books, I could, you know, travel the world. So that was one thing I was. And then the last one, um, what I love about podcasting, this actually, what we're doing right now, I mean, before podcasting became a thing, we could have thought that a Nigerian and two Zambians could be here just talking about our shared experiences. And I think just the evergreen medium, like unlike TV shows where if you don't catch them, you might have to like maybe go find them on YouTube later or try and Google where they are. Podcast episodes are evergreen. You can always go back and catch up on them. Heck, you can listen to them as many times as possible. And I think the ability to share our own stories I talked about moving to the U.S. and learning a lot about history of my country and how sometimes they weren't always accurate. This was my opportunity to kind of tell my own story. Like, yeah, I was born in Nigeria, but if if I had a different diet, you know, thrown, I could have been born like 3,000 miles away from Nigeria. My country doesn't define me. It's helped me a lot, you know. There's some things about my country that I'm, I'm proud of, but I'm still a person, you know. I have different values. I have different beliefs. Sometimes I have similar values. I have similar beliefs, but look at me first as a person before you look at me as someone that is from Nigeria. You know, judge me by my behavior, but don't judge me by, you know, oh, this is how Nigerians are or how Africans are. So I love podcasts for that um, opportunity to tell your own stories and bring people together and also hear from people and learn from people. So, yeah, I hope that was um, satisfactory enough as far as answering your questions. Those are very great questions, by the way. <laughs> All three. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you answered it. You know, and that's the thing, right? If you're going to interview a podcaster, it's very different because... <laughs> We're always ready. <laughs> yeah, we're always ready, but also we we kind of we get the host involved as well, you know. So it's I like, like you know, like we're that. doing it together, which is awesome, you know. So. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Let, let's do this again, and I would love to feature on your platform as well. Let me know, and we can take this conversation because we have you know so much potential things to explore. But I want to just say thank you to both of you 
I know it's um, probably like 10 p.m. or maybe thereabouts, wherever you might be. But thank you for the time to be on the show today and talk more about your experiences. I've learned a lot about even your passion and just how you're um, conquering your individual spaces and and just your calmness as Zambians as a whole. But definitely the 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 joyful life and and just you know your unique your uniqueness as it were so thank you both for coming on the podcast today yeah. really really appreciate it no thank thank you for having us um so yeah um we have this saying in zambia in conclusion my last okay. word okay thing in zambia it's, uh, zambia kuchalo which which means zambia to the world Oh, that's like Nigeria to the world. Are you sure it's not Nigerians that came up with that? No, but we say Zambia Kuchalo. Kuchalo, okay. We say Nigeria to the world, but it's similar. See, we're, all, we're so similar in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. Thank so, you. Yeah, Zambia Kuchalo. That's my last word. Zambia Kuchalo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. How about you, Sui? Any. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing us on to your platform. We appreciate that opportunity, and yeah, we look forward to bringing you to our podcast where we can uh, ask you more questions. Um, I just want to say, I guess it's really cool that you know the three of us can be in this space, sharing this space, and we're all in like three different continents, and, and that's right, right. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, I just wanted to Thank you. Sorry for cutting you short. You can finish your thoughts. Sorry, I didn't know you were still talking. No, no, no. That's it. That's it. Okay. I was going to tell you, um, Malima, did you see how his voice kind of changed? He, he kind of adopted like the podcast voice whenever Sui was talking about like his final thoughts. I saw that switch. I don't know if you noticed that as well, too, Malima. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, Where's that? Where was that baritone podcast tone in the beginning of the episode? <laughs> you saved the best for last. I saw what you did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, because I'm setting up the intro for uh, for the episode on our podcast. Oh, we have the okay, host. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, I, I didn't recognize that. I also, that. I don't know I also heard that. it a bit when he was talking about our podcast. Thank you both. And I, I know we're probably going to have more conversations in this, but I'm glad we started it here first and started it here as well. So thank you both and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much. All right then. Bye bye. All right. <laughs>